up there at the beginning of the program before we move into the next beat, which is another one from Django Django, which is called Pause. Repeat.
and organic ideals are part of the West Coast DNA. But what does local farming really look like on the edge of the Pacific Ocean? Today on the Frequency Horizon, we're going to find out. My name is Dougie, Farmer Dougie. Looking out across Frank Island and Leonard Island here. And what I love most about Tofino is no matter how many people come here to enjoy it, all the rain and all the surf just washes it clean. During a cold snap in January, I headed down to Dougie Brooker's Medicine Farm located just outside of Eculet to experience a rough around the edges site filled with chickens, produce, and a unique medicinal atmosphere. But first, we had to take a pit stop at a couple beaches. It's a bit messier today than it was last week, but it's still pretty clean compared to, you know, Long Beach that we were just at, eh? Yeah, you can hunt it down all you want, but if it's not your day. What's uh, what does it make you think of when you kind of you watch people out there catching some of these these waves? Big kids having fun with little kids. If you're out there, you're having fun. If you're not, why are you there? Now we're gonna give you a tour of a place responsible for pumping out plenty of produce you might have even tasted. So we're heading down a, a bumpy, windy frosty road rising and falling as we head towards the medicine farm it's a place of idealism travelers a bunch of old rusted cars parked by the side of the road giant logs chopped halfway into firewood and it looks like there's a campground down below a friend waves smoking a cigarette and walking along looks like a junkyard mixed with a hippie encampment. It's a place of idealism and new ideas coming into action, supposedly, so let's go take a look. That looks really good. Did you find the way by yourself? Uh, I, I didn't screw up, but I did have to stop one time when a car passed to make sure I was going the right way. Okay. Yeah, it sure seemed longer than three clicks to me. Three clicks? What does it mean? Kilometers. Is all that food from here? Yes. What is it? It's squash. Oh, no, zucchini. Yeah, squamish. Squamish, yeah. Was that squash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing at my English, you know, sometimes I mess up words and I call, instead of squash, I call it squamish. <laughs> <laughs> Which they find pretty funny. <laughs> there I was, basking in the sun like the farm cats. When Dougie came in and offered to show me around. 
Nope. Stay. This is LB. Hi, LB. Hi, <clears throat> LB. Yeah, come on, Radiant. She's super, super chill. She's really excited to make new friends. Yeah, yeah. Stay. No. Stay. What we're looking at here, we're going to the west. That's the original road. It came up this way. And we uh, were able to come up with the money for 10 dump trucks of topsoil because there wasn't any soil here at the time. It's not traditionally farmland, right? And apparently the earlier settlers, there's enough evidence that they just failed miserably, you know? You can build up your soil, you can grow some things, but then everything comes out of the bush. You eat it, the mice, the birds will take your seeds, the birds will rip out the young plants, eat them down, non-stop. So we got the cats, you know, there's a half a dozen on staff at all times. Chucked in another 50 dump trucks worth of soil. This bench down here to the west, this whole area here to the south. So the first year we had maybe 12 beds. The next year we had 25, following year 50, and then there was over 100, and then we went to 200 the year after that. So the farm's born out of uh, certainly the need for the food here, the production, but it was more than that. It's uh, really essentially a place to help others help themselves. We never started the farm with any idea, uh, with money as a motivating force at any time. It's never been about the money, and it'll continue to be like that. And it's probably why we were able to survive out here for all these years. Some of the soil is decent, some is a little bit more clay. Uh, it's decent for subsoil, holds some moisture, and then we also uh, have lucked into some decent silt. So it grows decent veggies, we keep that, those further outlying areas for uh, more field crops like garlic and sunchokes and perennials and things like that. We like to keep in the main zone one, if we're talking say permaculture, these are the high output annuals that we want close to us where we're spending a lot of the time. Now we're ready to start to move into some greenhouses um, and that's you know, still born with the same ideal to help others help themselves and we can definitely do a better uh, job of it when we uh, graduate into the, uh, the greenhouses. So for an update on what we're, uh, uh, what we're up to these days, you can check out uh, the Medicine Farm, medicinefarms.com um, website. That'll give you some details. But the skinny on this, we're hoping to construct this greenhouse we picked up when Clackwood Organics, one other farm that went out of business, they were in Tofino years ago. What else we growing? Well, 15 kinds of garlic, we got sunchokes, many kinds of potatoes, we have turnips, we have uh, rutabagas, we have parsnips and leeks that we can eat through the winter. And then the growing season starts again. You know, we're making our last plantings, by the way, in September, October, for these faster growing plants. They'll size up, they'll make it through the winter as long as we can protect them with a little bit of the poly here that you see. And then... What kind of plants are, are in that? Uh, are those kind of like mini greenhouses or what is that? Yeah, for sure. This is low-tech, really effective. This is called a cloche or a, a polytunnel. That'd be the English translation, I suppose. So, because we're gardening on rock here and we've trucked all this glacier soil in, every one of these beds has been hand sifted one shovel full at a time, every one of them here. 
took us years to do that anyhow. The plastic will protect against the rain and the temperature. We got raised beds so they're like a heat sink. It holds the temperature up those vital few degrees. And really, it doesn't get any colder very often than minus five. So if you got a bit of a heat sink and a bit of a less air volume in there to heat <clears throat> in the evening, the heat will release from the uh, heat sink raised bed and it'll stay just as few degrees as all you're looking for. And the rain, let's face it, if you think your poor little plants are getting pounded all winter, uh, it's a drag for them. You know, you're leaching your nutrients, compacting the soil, all kinds of problems, fungal problems and lot. It's just, you can do it out here in the coast and grow an incredible amount of food year round and uh, nothing like going in the winter. Dig up a few potatoes. You don't have to do that thing because they're not gonna freeze. We don't have to dig them up in the, in the autumn, right? Or the late summer, so incredible. You don't can, you're not canning, you're not preserving, you're not freezing your veggies. Too much work, right? So here you try to plant it where you've got a steady flow of food through the winter, you know? Not much and things are different. You got some tougher greens, but the kale gets nice and uh, tender. And the brassicas, you can grow lots of oregano. It's such a great climate. Here we are in the warmest little sliver in all of Canada. As warm as a lot of those southern states right now. It's so great. And these sunny breaks, wow, incredible. We're really, really blessed to have this mild winter. We've got all this awesome pondage, all this great water that we irrigate with. No chemicals, no chlorine and whatnot. And the organic practices we use they used to be on par, but I believe they're at least a notch up or two. We're, we're beyond organic. Organic, like Joel Salatin says, it's a, it's a corporate thing. Now they own it, right? And they can have it too, right? I can understand when they're saying, the old boys, the old farmers, like, who pushed the movement with the organics? It's never about the huge corporate thing, you know? It may be back the roots and eliminating the pesticides and chemical fertilizers and herbicides and all this stuff. It's just so nasty. I've never used them in my life. We do make some beautiful arugula happen out here, but the flea beetles will not let the plants alone through the season. So once a week, we go and give them a little bit of spray with a little bit of soap to keep it sticking to the plants and you're good to go. And uh, once a week, we'll give the plants some um, liquid fish emulsion. Easy, you know, just at the root zone, spray it on there, no problem, you're good to go, right? That'll make sure uh, the more demanding plants, the heavier feeders have everything they need. So we really want to produce the best, healthiest food that we possibly can. That's always been what we're hoping to do here, right? It's not a big thing, it's not a commercial, we're not ever going to ship it. We may move tinctures and things like that down the road. Really, we just want to have the food here for the people in the communities. We're hoping to get our game together uh, real soon. We've got the machine coming in. We've got an excavator with Steve Linda. I explained some of that on the website there. We're cracking ground here to create 
an incredible food production system using freshwater fish contained and uh, floating rafts on deep water um, raised floating beds. Say that right. Say that right. Deep water system with lots of fish. Anyway, this is called aquaponics. You marry aquaculture, producing fish, in ponds, say like catfish down south in tilapia, and you have hydroponics, right, which pumps the uh, nutrient-rich solutions to the roots of the plants. So plants don't have to spend a lot of time looking for the food, putting their energy to producing big roots. The food comes to them. Cool. It's a really delicate system. You need to have the balance but with our plant experience here. We're, we're experts at least with the plants. Coastal growing. You know we're on that thing. Get in on it. If you're interested, if you feel like living on the coast for the next 10 or 20 years or the rest of your life, you're going to be eating this food, right? We're working now for that. We're trying to secure an awesome production, a steady flow, local. Where's it coming from otherwise? You're going to rely on the valley, Port Alberni? Forget it, right? How far is that? Have you driven that lately? What if we have a disaster? There's no way the food's coming. How many days? Let's get scared for a minute. I'm not the doomsday guy, but man, if you get scared at the thought, where's your food coming for you and your family? Yeah, what well, if we get a, a tsunami? We're going to be the superheroes of the day if it ever comes down. If it ever goes to sh Pack your bag, come on up, get in on the harvest. Let's have a party. And as much as I'm sure Farmer Dougie would love to be a hero to the West Coast in a time of need, I bet he'd settle for being a hero to his own son. How does it work when, with, with the, the chickens? chickens? Yeah. Well, they go in to sections of the garden. They stay there for two, two weeks usually. Depends, right? Depends. Year, yeah, what time of the year. How many birds, how much space, at what time of the year. Mm -hmm. It's good you figure that out. Yep. Can't read that in a book, eh? No. <laughs> you watch. And then they look for the bugs and cultivate the beds and like, yeah, they just turn up the soil and they fertilize it when they poop. It's awesome. Yeah. They really benefit the beds. Oh yeah. What happens and when they're ready on there too long? Then they just destroy Everything is just all flat. Like, yeah. You gotta you know how it. The, the beds are mounted, but they'll scrape them flat. <laughs> yeah. You better keep them off there. So. When you're alone. Cool. All right. The farm, it started off as pretty much just a clearing in the middle of a forest and it had been blasted so it was a lot of just blast rock and not good soil for farming at all but through the years, like for example now we've got uh, three complete cabins and two cabins currently being built and we've got a kitchen that's almost finished which is really awesome so for it to come from basically just a clear cut out in the middle of the forest to a full-on organic farm I think that's a pretty big accomplishment yeah
Thanks, Lucy. I'm gonna have some lemon if you want to. How does it taste? Salty. But I love to look at the food cooking and smell it. Mm. Did we go get some of that parsley that's going out there? Oh, we got some cilantro too. How many kinds of potatoes is that? cooking, nothing like it, right? Setting you There's always something new in the frequency horizon. We'll have another audio documentary for you next week. But this week, I want to get into a bit of news, guys, because it's, I went down to council yesterday and had an off interesting time kind of just watching the proceedings and whatnot and one of the developments that I had a chance to learn about was a, pro, a, pro, a proposal from the Tofino Brewing Company. So it was pretty interesting to see what they had up their sleeve because like many other communities, Tofino is a community that's now considering the possibility of allowing a brewery to have a new type of license, a lounge license, and that's something that, for example, over the past year in the Comox Valley, there's been three of these breweries with lounge licenses that have opened up, and Tofino Brewing Company came forward with a proposal, and this was at Committee of the Whole last night, to consider the option of allowing the Tofino Brewing Company to move into a new site just next to where it's currently located. Now, not all of the councillors were eagerly in favour of this move, but we are early stages in the game, and this was Committee of the Whole, so that means what's up next is that this issue would now go to the council meeting, because there was a little bit more information that will be coming out in the near future. In fact, it's interesting, you know, Brian O'Malley, He's a local entrepreneur who started the business. He was fresh off a charity boxing match over the weekend. He stepped up to the podium in a pair of black vans at the District of Tofino's March 7th Committee of the Whole meeting. The Tofino Brewing Company owner asked council to consider granting the right to have a lounge. 
it would really allow a diversification of our business and all he said. The one thing we really focused on, and it was our mission statement, and this whole truth today, is to be a positive addition to this town. From the very beginning, we tried to really impart that. You know, Tofino Brewing Company is looking at putting in what, uh, as I understand, is a 30 to 50 seat lounge that would be open from 11, possibly could be open from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Currently, the brewery is only supposed to serve patrons a single pint under a tasting room license, although one of the counselors readily admitted that they may have you know, had a few uh, themselves beyond that. A lot has changed since 2011 when Amali joined forces with Chris Neufeld and Dave McConnell to build one of Tofino's most potent brands, creating such instantly recognizable labels as Tough Session Ale and Hop and Cretin IPA. The five-year-old local success story has been riding a wave of explosive microbrewery growth, leading to a nearly tenfold staffing increase. Now, the company is hoping to take advantage of BC's new licensing rules, but the proposed 691 industrial location is zoned light industrial, and it isn't in Tofino's core, where the official community plan directs new growth. Some counselors wondered how industrial, a watering hole, really is, and worried this could lead to the development of an entertainment district outside downtown. However, staff told council a Tofino Brewing Company lounge would actually fit with the current community plan, but that didn't stop elected officials from seeing things differently. I really love the energy of what's happening, said Councillor D. Barrett, before launching into an all-out takedown of the proposal. If the industrial lands are going to become more entertainment-focused, the community needs to be involved in the decision-making process, she contended. I see this as the thin end of the wedge, she said. If it's going to become an entertainment district, let's go through the proper community processes. Councillor Thick, who was participating in the meeting via teleconference, said she was reticent to support the plan, and would like more time to think about it. Councilor Greg Blanchett moved to have staff to get more information about the lounge proposal, and Councilor Thurgood, in part seeing the potential economic benefit of a brewery expansion, seconded the motion. Councilors Barrett and McMaster really won opposition votes. I asked McMaster why he didn't want to support this outright right away, and he said it was to do with the OCP issue. Staff is now expected to look into the number of seats, hours of operation, RCP feedback, concerns about the OCP's vision for the area, and how long a review of the vision of the neighborhood would take, provided it doesn't get stymied in open council. So that's a little bit of news for you there about the future plans of the Tofino Brewing Company. And let's play a little bit of Pendulum, Plastic World, future Bats and TC to our work.
is Plastic World featuring Fats and TC by Pendulum. Now today was a pretty interesting day for women. It was International Women's Day. And uh, I have quite a couple of women here in the studio. Does any of you guys want to comment on uh, International Women's Day today? You love it? It was awesome. You have a good time? Yes. There was a lot of festivities that happened today across Tofino and uh, for International Women's Day. And one of them that I attended, it, it wasn't such a, uh, let's say, just upbeat one, more as it was quite somber. And it was quite uh, moving to see the, you know, the community space filled with people that were listening to an update about what's going on with the Missing and Murdered Aboriginal Women c Committee. It was pretty interesting because um, I learned for the first time that local First Nations actually met with um, they actually met with um, Justin Trudeau's new appointee to the Aboriginal Affairs file, and they're pretty happy with what they what they're hearing so far. And you know, so we have local First Nations has the ear of the person in Justin Trudeau's cabinet making decisions and stuff. So you haven't heard that throughout the you know Stephen Harper committee or Stephen Harper's you know regime and whatnot so it's it's interesting to hear that um, that that's that's ongoing so it was kind of cool to see that today and I just wanted to put a shout out there to all the women in Tofino so we're gonna play put some you know a little bit of a beach house song it's called on the sea
Well's beach house on the sea. Thanks for checking that out with us. Very soon, we will have DJ Zoiko and another upbeat track. You're listening to Tough City Radio, 90.1 FM. Taking you to your happy place. It's what's happening in your ears right now. So we're about to go into the mix with DJ Zoko. That's Gabriel De, Ru- De Rush, born in Quebec City. He grew up in Portsmouth, England. That's the southern coast for you. But eventually he moved on to Montreal. And now it's a female. Stay with us, but first, my last track here, before I turn over the ducks, it's Chasing Status, and hold on, it's called Let Me Go. Yeah. 
So this is where I turn over the decks to the very, very capable hands of Gabriel Delroche, born in Quebec City. This man then moved to England and is now gracing his presence in Tough City, Tofino, BC, Canada. You didn't have a chance to hear what he has to offer over the next hour. So strap yourselves in and enjoy what he has.
listening to a live Tough City Radio mix by DJ Zoiko in Montreal, England, and now Tofino. Thanks for tuning in on the Frequency Horizon here on 90.1 FM. Always bringing the heat, always bringing the fire. Check us out at soundcloud.com slash Frequency Horizon. Facebook dot com slash frequency horizon and soon enough we'll be up on the itunes see you next week